Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 31st, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Well Done, Good and Faithful Servant. hoping that no one calls and reports me to my preaching professor because today I am breaking one of the most important rules of preaching. Oh, lots of preachers do it all the time, but I really try and stay true to what I was taught in homiletics. That's the fancy word for preaching. If you were in Sunday school, Russ gave you a fancy word, hermeneutic. Wasn't that the word? Okay, so I have fancy words too. Well, here's the foundational element of a homiletics class. Start with the text. Now, there are a lot of other skills to preparing a sermon and preaching it, but a good sermon starts with the text. My homiletics professor, Dr. Craig Lascalzo, made you take a text apart, examine it from every angle, read it from every character's perspective, see it in the context of the greater Scripture written, understand its history and its people and who would have been reading it and who wrote it. He wanted us to dissect it and then put it all back together because he believed in living with the text until it became alive in you. He was 100% against the idea that you... He was 100% against having an idea that you wanted to preach about and then finding a text to support your idea. If he said it once, he said it a hundred times, start with the text. Well, today I'm not dealing with the text that Russ just read to you, at least not in its context. Last week, if you were here, you will remember that Russ preached on the common phrase that we use, thank you for being found faithful, which is what we usually say in response to financial support to the church. Anytime we make a plea for money, we end it with, thank you for being found faithful. So he gave us what I will call a whopper of a stewardship sermon last week. Well, this week I've been asked to deal with the common phrase that we say, well done, good and faithful servant, which is located within a story that lends itself to the perfect stewardship sermon. But believing that we don't need a double dose of that, And given that when Russ and I use this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, it's never in the context of money matters. Now, in case you weren't here, he said, tithe, period, tithe. You should give away 10% of what you have. 
And we would like for you to tithe to the church. But if you don't, tithe somewhere, it's a good practice. Well, that's not even exactly what this passage is about either. So, with all apologies to Dr. Craig Lascalzo, I preach this sermon. Though there are various times and places that we say this phrase, it is almost always reserved for funerals. It is my hope, my goal even, to find a way to work this phrase into every eulogy that I give. Because almost always, someone has been a caregiver or a companion that has given so much to the person who has just died. A wife, a husband, an adult child. Usually someone has given extraordinary care and in their moment of deepest grief and pain, what they need most to hear are these words of blessing. Well done, good and faithful servant. There's certainly other occasions when I've uttered those words, but funerals are where I try to make sure and say them. It's a blessing. It's what we all long to hear, words of blessing, especially when we are broken and there is no brokenness quite like grief. I have long felt that the pain of death deserved its own word. We usually call that grief. But somewhere along the line, other brokenness stole the word. The grief of divorce, the grief of losing a job, the grief of an empty nest. And those things are hard, and sometimes they are absolutely terrible, and they deserve their own word of terribleness. But I'm not sure that it's fair to use the word grief for all of those things alongside the grief that comes in death. And if you don't believe that, then you ha may not have experienced death. Now please hear me say, I know the pain of divorce. Well, I don't know it. I can't say that. You can't say that when you don't know something. I can see the pain of divorce. I can see the horror of losing your job. I'm about to know the misery of an empty nest. But there's something about death that it just deserves its own word. So many people spend so much time caregiving. It's exhausting work. But because of love, because of commitment, because of compassion, people give their lives away to another. They sit beside, they dole out pills, they clean up messes, they chauffeur to doctor's appointments, and in so doing, they live out commitments like in sickness and in health. And honor your father and your mother. And in the end, when they are tired and weary and worn out in every way, I like to think that looking them right in the eye as they sit on the front row at the funeral service, and I look at them and can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I can almost never get it out without my voice cracking. I like to think that in the midst of their grief, that word of blessing is like a balm 
on their soul. I can't say that I look forward to saying it to my brother and sister when the time comes for my mother to die. But I can tell you they will be deserving of it more than anybody I've ever met when that time does come. They are retired. Their children are grown and they live less than a mile from my mother. I am in awe of the way that my siblings care for her. And I don't need to wait until she dies for me to tell them. They listen to most of the podcasts. So Rut and Susan, Ginger and Don, well done, good and faithful servants for the way you are caring for our mother as she makes this long journey. <laughs> I can tell you from my short, let me say, my mother is not dying, except Parkinson's is just taking her away so painfully, slowly, and it's just, it's exhausting, and I'm not even there. I can tell you, and let me say this, I'm not experiencing guilt that I'm not there. We live in different places and the different life stories. I probably should not have written this sentence because now I've gotten all into myself. <laughs> and really, preaching is not all into yourself. It's really all into the text. And maybe this is why you're supposed to start with the text. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. <laughs> So I'm really good. Don't, you know, you'll know it when I need something. I'm good. Don't cry for me. It's okay. All is well. I'm just saying, my brother and sister, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay, next paragraph. <laughs> I can tell you from my short stint in the field of chaplaincy and now with many years of pastoral care and deaths and funerals under my belt that there is no holier ground than walking through the valley of the shadow of death with another. So for all of you who have done this already, well done, good and faithful servants. For all of you who are doing it right now, well done, good and faithful servants. Though I believe that the word grief should be reserved for death, I'm not willing to give the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, only to grieving family members who have given such good care to the dying. It may be where I say it the most, but perhaps I should be more intentional and more generous in heaping this phrase of blessing upon folks. Blessing. It's what we all long to hear, words of blessing, and I don't believe we say them enough. We have a tendency to tear down. We have a propensity to judge. We have a temptation to ridicule. What we need is more blessing and less berating. I've spent a large portion of the last 15 or so years in the stands of baseball games. Everybody comments about my great tan. 
I have not been to the beach. I've been to baseball. I am very sure I have heard more berating than affirmation over all these years. Even just last week, I sat in front of a mother who would cuss her son out every time he made any little mistake. Two weeks ago, I watched a father throw his cell phone across the yard when his son struck out. And just last night, I heard a coach yell at his pitcher, throw strikes! Well, duh! Do you not think that's what he's trying to do? And it wasn't even my son. And I got mad at the coach. If that's how parents and coaches respond to a game, a national pastime that is designed for more failure than success, it is designed to fail at baseball more than succeed. If that is how those folks respond in that situation. How are those people responding to their coworkers or the man on the street begging for money? Are you someone who offers blessing readily and generously? Are you on the lookout for folks who are giving themselves away for another? Do you watch for people who are going the extra mile to care for others? I challenge you to do that. And when you find them, and they are many, offer them this blessing. Well done, good and faithful servant. I can tell you that there is energy in that phrase. Say it to someone who is faithfully giving their lives to the causes at God's own heart, and I guarantee you they will do even more for the kingdom of God on earth because you said it. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, you'll do the works that I do, and even greater works than these you will do. And I see it all the time. People are doing great things things, offering the kind of blessing of well done, good and faithful service, uh, servant is like a shot of adrenaline. It's not that those folks are seeking the attention or the glory or even the affirmation, but well done, good and faithful servant isn't the same as good job or attaboy. It's an intentional blessing, and most folks long for blessing. We should be most generous with offering it. Now, in this conversation, it does cause us to look inward a bit, doesn't it? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we saying? How are we working? Where is our passion? How are we acting in ways that might elicit a blessing? Not that we would do those things in order to receive a well done, but it's worth some self-reflection to consider if we are living our lives in a way that might cause someone to notice our own self-giving love and compassion. In his letter to the church at Philippi, Paul says that he is confident that the one who began a good work in you will continue it to perfection. I am confident that God has begun a good work in all of us. God has begun a good work 
in all of us. Have you seen it in yourself? As a pastor, I get to witness people being the church all the time in the ways that no one else gets to see. We often talk about the church as something we go to. You know, oh, i got to go to church. Today I'm going to go to church. Or we're members of it. I'm a member at Park Road Baptist Church. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church when we are gathered here for worship. But we're also the church when we are watering the garden so that hungry people can have fresh vegetables. And we are the church when we pack backpacks of food for elementary school children to have food on the weekends. And we are the church wherever and whenever you give yourself away for the good of another. Every act of kindness, every word of affirmation, every time you pick someone up, every time you offer a cup of water, every time you wipe a tear, every time you bake a casserole, every time you offer your voice on behalf of one who has no voice, it's all of those times cumulatively that we are the church. So well done, good and faithful servants. But did you catch in the story how the phrase has a second part? Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Oh, there's the rub. When we are caught being good and faithful, we do not get to bask in the glory, but we can just expect more opportunities to land in our laps for more doing good and being faithful. You know how Anne Lamott is one of my favorites. Here's what she does with the phrase for today. She says, I think it's a terrible system. If I was God, or at least if I was God's West Coast representative, because I secretly believe I would be an excellent representative, I will go to the grave with the belief that my ideas are good, and with, even with 50 years of evidence to the contrary, if I were God, I would have a different system. She says, my system would have email. You would pray, and you would get an email response or a voicemail response. You could reach a certain point of having suffered or having had to be in limbo. Then you would graduate, and God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Then you'd get all these spiritual coupons you could use if things got tough again. But it's like Augustine said, you start over every day again in your relationship with God. You start over again and try to get it a little bit right. So if you've not been as good or faithful as you wish you had been, you get to start over today. Every day is a new start to being found good and faithful. What if we took our text for today, which is set in the context of how we deal with our money, do we work to multiply it? Do we squander it or do we hoard it? 
So what if we took the liberty with today's text to consider that this lesson of stewardship could be used about stewardship of other things like, I don't know, our time? What if, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, what, well I'm not, but I've thought about it all the top of my head. <laughs> don't worry, I won't do that again. What if we were given the gift of 24 hours a day? And what if the master returned and asked for an accounting of our time? Would we get a response, well done, good and faithful servant? I'd almost rather talk about money than time. Because have y'all watched Scandal on Netflix? Oh my stars, it takes up too much of my time. Have you scrolled through your phone lately? Oh my goodness. What if we were given, I don't know, the capacity for a heart big enough to love everyone? You get where I'm going. We've been given 24 hours, and we've been given a heart big enough to love everyone because I am confident that God has begun a good work in all of us. But if we got that big heart and the Master returned and asked for an accounting of our heart's compassion, would we get a well-done good and faithful servant. You see where this could lead if you substituted lots of things in for the money. Fill in the money with money and see if you get a well done. Fill in the money with time and see if you get a well done. Fill in the money with a heart's compassion for generous love and see if you get a well done. Fill in the money with your gifts and your talents and see if you get a well done. Let me offer you this blessing now. Because I firmly believe that there is somewhere or something in your life that is calling and aching for these words. So take a deep breath breath and look at the very best goodness that is happening in you and through you right now in your life and hear well done good and faithful servants well done may it be so Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, 
and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.